You are listening to a podcast by Spring Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Spring Hill Church is called to reach everyday people with God's grace, His unconditional love, and the life-changing power of His Word. Thanks for listening, and if you would like more information, you can visit us online at springhill.cc. Praise the Lord. Well, I've got some good news for you, and uh, you're going to be so glad you came this morning. And uh, I've been looking forward to ministering the word that the Lord gave to me for this morning, uh, at, you know, as soon as he gave it to me and earlier in the week this week. You know, I had thought about some different directions to go in today and in my message. And as I was praying about it, I heard this in my spirit, and that is this, there shall be a performance of those things that were said to you. And I knew that that was a scripture in the Bible, and I knew that it was relative to what uh, the Lord through Elizabeth said to Mary. And so I, I got my Bible out, and be, you know, that just phrase just kept coming up in my spirit. So I got my Bible out, I looked at the scriptures and, and found it. And uh, so that's what we're going to look at today. Turn to somebody close by you and say, there shall be a performance of those things that were promised to you. So what I want to tell you is this, if you've been standing in faith for something and, uh, you know, a promise from the written word of God or something that the Holy Spirit has spoken to your spirit about your life, then guess what? There shall be a performance of those things which were said to you. Amen? So are you excited about that? All right, praise the Lord. Well, let's look at some scripture, some uh, Christmas story scripture that has that particular phrase in it. It's found in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 45. And so we're going to read it. And it's found in the King James Version. It's translated that way. And it's actually a very accurate translation. So let's look at this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent. And by the way, I ran out of space on your handout. So just follow with me on the screen for all the verses. The key ones are on your handout, but, uh, you know, there's only so much room on there. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among women." And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name. What's his name? Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Say it one more time. Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Verse 34, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Legitimate question. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, 
And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Man, if we ever could get that verse right there down in our spirits, and, and, and I'm just going to say this to you, and take the limits off of God. Amen. We serve a God who knows no limits. And, and he's only limited by what we can believe him for and what we can stand in faith for. And so if we will get that as a revelation in our hearts, I'm telling you, it'll, it'll carry us a long ways. And I'm talking to myself with that as well. For with God, nothing shall be impossible, the angel said. And Mary said, behold, you know what behold means? Look at him. All right. The angel's country. Okay. He said, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, or she is country, be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spoke with a loud voice and said, she wasn't quiet about it, I love it. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Now what's interesting to me is that Mary, um, excuse me, Elizabeth, when the Holy Ghost came on her and she began to prophesy these things, she said exactly the same thing that the angel told Mary in person. All right, remember that? The angel showed up and said, blessed are you, Mary, highly favored are you among women. All right? And so blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb and whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For lo, as soon as the voice of your salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Now she's referring to John the Baptist. She was pregnant with John the Baptist who was the cousin of the Lord Jesus, second cousin. Mary and Elizabeth were cousins. And so uh, when Mary walked into the room, just her saying, hello, Elizabeth, caused the baby to leap on the inside of Elizabeth. Isn't that, what that tells me is, and, and we talked about this briefly before, but what this tells me is, is that babies and children are sensitive to the things of the spirit. All right? So for as low as the, as soon as the voice of your salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And Elizabeth goes on to say this, and blessed, everybody say blessed. Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And so I believe what the Holy Ghost said to me and wants me to convey to you is the same thing that Elizabeth conveyed to Mary, and that is this, blessed are you who believe, for there shall be a performance of those things that were promised to you. Whatever was promised to you, whether from the written word of God or again something that the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart about God's will, plan, and purpose for your life, there shall be a performance of those things which were spoken to you. So me being, uh, you know, a word guy, meaning I like the definition of words, I looked up what does the word performance mean? Now, some translations say fulfillment. 
but I like the word performance. Now, here's what it means in the Greek language, looking at the concordance. It means this, it's the act of completion. You got anything in your life that is yet to be completed? It means the successful effort or fulfillment, and I like this, the state or attainment of perfection. Is there anything in your life that needs to be perfected besides you and me? I'm talking about, you know, some situations in our lives. I, I've got some things that I'm waiting on to be completed, and I've got some things that I'm waiting on to arrive at perfection. And what the, what the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, inspired Elizabeth to say is, there will be an act of completion, fulfillment, and perfection for the things that have been promised to us. Dictionary defines performance as the action or process of carrying out or accomplishing an action, task, or function. So, and, and I want to say this, and you know, I'm not one to just throw stuff out like this, okay? But I will say this, what also came up in my spirit is that there shall be a performance of those things which were promised to you in not many days, well, praise the Lord. I thank you for those two that heard that and received that. I'm going to say it again. There shall be a performance of those things which were promised to you not many days from now. Now, I wish I could tell you it's going to happen by January 31st, but I can't do that. All I can tell you is what I believe the Holy Spirit ministered to my spirit. Okay, so I want to give you eight things today that will help you in believing God for your promise to be performed for you by the Lord. All right, so let's look at this. Write this down, please. If you're taking notes, God has a promise for every person. We have a Bible that is filled with the promises of God, and I'm grateful for that. But on top of that, if you're a person of prayer and you spend time with the Lord in prayer, God will make some specific promises to you about your individual life that are a little more detailed and more specific than some of the general things that are promised to us in the Word of God. And so, you know, an example might be, well, the Scripture promise, not promises, it declares to us that the work of our healing has already been bought and paid for, all right? But the promise for you might be a specific situation in your physical body needs to be dealt with. And so the Lord is telling you that there shall be a performance of those things not many days hence. Hallelujah. Has anybody received that today? All right. Well, listen, a promise and the plan of God are intertwined. They're, they're woven together. They're kind of one and the same. So let me just remind you of a couple of scriptures from the Bible. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. I want to read it to you out of the Good News Translation. It says this, I alone, this is the Lord talking, know the plans I have for you, plans to bring you into poverty. Huh? Plans to bring you into tough times. Plans to bring you into days of sickness. He says, I have plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster, plans to bring about the future you hope for. 
Now, can I say this to us? And I'm going to talk about this in, in my online message, uh, New Year's Day. But uh, the problem for some of us, challenge is the latter part of that verse where it says plans to bring about the future you hope for. The problem is we don't have a future that we're hoping for, meaning we haven't sat down long enough to get a vision from God of what our future can look like. And we're just, now listen, there's nothing wrong with living day by day as far as just dealing with today's stuff, but you need to have a dream, a blueprint, a hope, if you will, of where God wants to take you in the days to come. You know, just sit down and ask yourself, in the light of God's word, what does my life look like in a year, five years, 10 years? What does that look like? And you need to begin to think about those things and begin to dream about those things because God says he plans to bring about the future you hope for. And here's my point. The challenge is not much, many of us are hoping for a bright future. Quit letting the circumstances of this world dictate to you what your future looks like. You're not of this world. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. I'm preaching a whole lot better than y'all are responding, but that's okay. I'm going to keep going at it, all right? Look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 in the Amplified Bible. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose, his plans, his promise, and do super abundantly. Now abundantly would have been great. Actually, if he'd have said he can do a little more, that would have been wonderful. If he'd have said he can do abundantly, that would have been awesome. But he didn't leave it at that. He said, I will do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. I believe what God is telling us in that verse is, is God is willing and able to do more than you can possibly ask or dream about. So what that tells me, that's a challenge to me. That's a challenge that tells me I need to dream bigger. I need to think bigger. I need to ask bigger. Listen, you're not putting God out when you think and dream big, when things are in, with things that are in line with his will. All right? So God has a promise for every person. Here's number two. God's promises for us are not automatic. They require a working partnership. God needs a partner. What does that mean? He needs somebody that will dare to believe him and connect with him in faith and then cooperate with him in order to bring about what he desires to bring about. You know, God has given us all a will, meaning a freedom of choice. And he will not override your freedom of choice. That's why Jesus would say to people that he desired to minister to, he would say, be it unto you according to your faith. Notice he didn't say, be it unto you according to my ability. Be it unto you according to the anointing that's on my life to minister to you. No, he said, be it unto you according to your faith. Let us look at a couple of scriptures. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 in the Amplified. For we are fellow workmen. 
I like this, joint promoters, laborers together with and for God. Say this, say, I am a partner with God. We're in business together. He's my covenant partner. So we are working with him. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1 in the New Living says this, As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. When God wants to do you good, can I just say this to you? Let him. <laughs> I know that sounds simple, but it's the truth. When God wants to do us good, and he does, then cooperate with it. Let him. All right? So you've heard me say this many times before. God has a part to play, and we have a part to play. All right? So here's number three. Number three is this. Faith is required for God's promises for our lives to come to pass. Okay? Faith is required for God's promises for our lives to come to pass. Anybody in the room want to please God? Okay, I'm going to ask that again and see if your hands go up just a little bit quicker. Is there anybody in the room that you live to please God? All right, so let's go to a Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 in the Message Bible says this, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists. And you know what? There are a lot of people that believe God exists. I'm talking about born again and unborn, not born again people that believe God exists. But here's the next part of that, that they must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. You got a God who wants to do you good. You know, the King James says that he's a rewarder of those. Oh, I, Pastor, I couldn't, I couldn't receive a reward from God. You know, my relationship with Jesus is not based on a reward system. And that's true. We can't earn what Jesus did for us. But if I have a heavenly father that wants to reward me just because I believe him, let him. Amen? All right. Now, this is hot off the press. I know you don't, you know, a lot of you don't have a paper Bible with you. I want to read you a scripture that in my, through the Bible in a year reading, came up this morning. Okay? And I'm going to read to you Habakkuk chapter 1, and I, I uh, want to read verse 5 to you. And I, I want to just challenge us in this because I believe the Lord brought this. So just make a note, Habakkuk chapter uh, 1 and verse 5, uh, the Lord said to the prophet, he said, Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days, listen, which you would not believe though it were told you. God has been making promises to his people forever. But the challenge is, not on God's side, it's because we would not believe even though it was told to us. Well, I don't, I've made up my mind, 
I'm not qualifying for that scripture and you're not either. I'm not going to let you. If you stay around this church long enough, I'm not going to let you be like that where you won't believe, all right? So what I mean by that is, is you know, I'm going to challenge you that uh, if it was told to you in the Word of God, you can believe it. Now, what, so what God was saying is, just if you, don't, if you choose not to believe it, okay, just sit back and watch what's going on around you, not for you, around you. Somebody said, well, you know, I, don't, I just don't know about all that, Pastor. Well, just sit back, buckle your seatbelt, and watch God move for the rest of us then. Okay? I don't mean to be mean when I say that, but, I, you know, it's the truth. All right? So, God has a promise for every person. God's promises for us are not automatic. and They require a working partnership. Okay? And then faith is required for God's promises for our lives to come to pass. Now, I want to give you a key. It's not on your notes per se, but it'll be on the screen for you. And I want to point out something that took place when the angel appeared to Mary and he spoke to her and gave her what God's promise and plan was. And that is this. The promise was not conceived in Mary when she heard what the angel said. I'm going to say this to you. The promise of God will not be conceived in you just because you hear it. Now, I know faith comes by hearing, all right? But I'm talking about going to another step, another level, another phase of that. So when did conception take place in Mary? Well, I'm glad you asked. Write this down, please. Number four, conception took place when Mary took ownership of the word and it became hers. See, a lot of us, we hear the word, we hear the promises of God, but that's exactly where it stays. Oh, did you hear what pastor said today? He said, God would do this and so. Did you hear brother so-and-so? Yeah, man, I, I was listening to his message and it was awesome. And he said this, okay? I can tell you, it's great that you've heard that word, but that word is not going to do anything for you because conception hasn't taken place yet. Conception takes place when you say, man, did you hear the word today? I received that for my life and it is going to happen to me. That's taking ownership of it. Matter of fact, let's look and see what Mary's response was because this is key. For the word, the angel said, this is the New Living Translation. We read the King James Version earlier. For the word of God will never fail. God's word has never failed and it never will. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true or come to pass. Uh, the, the King James said it this way, be it unto me according to your word. See, it went from a wonderful promise that was given to her and she heard to I believe that I receive it and that is happening to me. See, it's a whole lot different when 
You know, you hear somebody say, well, you are blessed. God wants to prosper you. And we say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's wonderful. But it's a whole lot different when you say, yes, and that is happening to me. That's why I love something that uh, Pastor George and, and his team at uh, the congregation at, at Eagle Mountain International Church uh, down in Texas, that they, uh, they made a decision that every time somebody gave a testimony about something God had done in their life, how he showed up and healed them or showed up and met a need or showed up and performed and did something in their life. Their response, they, he's, they've trained their congregation to respond this way. Yes, and that happens to me all the time. Instead of just admiring the testimony and saying, isn't that wonderful what God did for them? No, we need to say God is no respecter of persons and what he did for them, he will do for me. So yes, and that happens to me all the time. Amen? Amen. All right, here's number five. Here, this is, this is important. It's not necessarily mandatory, but it's important. And that is this, find someone who can agree and believe in the promise with you. You know, I, I'm all about, and I tell our Bible study crowd, and I tell you this on Sunday morning too, pay attention to the details, okay? What is it that Mary did the first thing that the angel came and talked to her, gave her this wonderful promise, what is the first thing that Mary did? She packed her bag and went a little ways out of town to go visit her cousin, Elizabeth. Why? Because word had gotten down to her that Elizabeth had experienced, or actually Zechariah had experienced something similar that, Elizabeth, or that Mary had in the angel appeared to Zechariah and told them they were going to give birth to a son. His name was going to be John. And uh, so what did Mary do? She wanted to find somebody that could agree with her and stand in faith with her and believe with her that the promise was hers and it was coming to pass. Listen, you don't need to go hang around a bunch of folk that are going to try and talk you out of your promise. Now, we're not mean. We're not rude. You know, but when people start trying to, oh, that's just, yeah, I don't go for that faith stuff. Okay, well, that's fine. That's you. You do you. I'm going to do me. You sit back and watch what God does for me. Now, we don't say that arrogantly, but it's the truth, okay? So, Mary went to go visit her cousin. Now, granted, Elizabeth was six months, so she still had three months to go, but Mary wanted to get with someone whose faith was alive, who was, listen, was further along in the process of faith because listen, at that point, Mary had no visible sign that the promise was given to her. She didn't know she was, or you know, she wasn't showing, if you will. But let me ask you, you those of you who have given birth, you mamas, okay, men, you keep your hands down, all right. Mamas, by six months, are you showing? Okay, so what the point is, Elizabeth, it had become natural reality for her 
Mary, it had not yet become natural reality. So what Mary did is go find somebody that could feed her, encourage her, and help her. And so you know the story. We just read a little bit of it where the two of them got together. The Holy Ghost fell in that meeting, and they just sat around and prophesied to one another. Amen. Let me remind you, Matthew 18, 19 says this. Again, this is the Lord Jesus speaking. I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And I'll tell you this, okay? There's no stronger agreement than to get in the presence of someone that God has already done for them what he's promised he's going to do for you, which is exactly what happened. I, can you imagine how that conversation went? You know, Mary goes up and they're visiting and of course they get through prophesying to one another and they're eating dinner and, and uh, Mary goes, Elizabeth, tell me again, what's it like when the promise starts showing up? What's it like when you start seeing some things change in the natural that match up with your promise? And so Elizabeth could tell her. Yeah, there was a time when I wasn't showing. There was a time when, I, I, you know, it was just a promise and there was no change in the natural. But I woke up one day and there was something different. And so she could encourage Mary with that. Now, here's number six. Number six is this. Praise and thank God as though you have the promise and it is yours now. Well, pastor, I can't do that if there's no change, if there's no physical manifestation. Yes, you can. You can thank God as though it's already yours before anything changes in the natural arena. Let me show you what Mary did. Let's go back to the story. Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 51. I'm going to read it from the New Living. It says this, Mary responded. Now this is, she walks in, Elizabeth prophesies to her, and then Mary, the Holy Ghost comes on her, and notice what happened. Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of this of his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. You know, she didn't know. She didn't have the full scope of what Jesus was going to accomplish. How would you like to be so full of the promise of God that you're bold enough to say, the whole world is going to be affected by what God has promised he's going to do for me? <laughs> All generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy. Look at what she says. He has, past tense, done great things for me. Well, how do you know, Mary? Because he told me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. The arm of God in the Old Covenant is representative of the power of God. The hand of God or the arm of God always represents the power of God in the Old Covenant. So what Mary was saying is, he shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. The power of God has done tremendous things. 
Notice she didn't say, I'm a hoping and a praying it comes to pass. I'm a wishing. Well, are you going to come out all right? Well, I sure hope so. I sure hope what the angel told me is going to come to pass. No, she said, it's already done. It already has. Well, you don't look any different. It's okay. His mighty arm has shown up and done tremendous things for me. You might not be able to see it yet, but it has happened. Amen? All right. Is this helping anybody? All right. Number seven, anybody want a performance of the things that have been promised to you? Okay. All right. Just checking. All right. Make sure you haven't changed since I started this message. Number seven, be patient and allow God to bring the promise to pass when the right time or the best time has arrived. Number seven. Okay. Be patient and allow God to bring the promise to pass when the right time or the best time has arrived. Uh, you know, I say this often, but it, it just bears repeating. Um, anybody in the room besides me understand that God's a little bit smarter than we are? Okay. Does anybody know and understand that he knows exactly when the right time is? Here's what you need to understand about the wisdom of God. I'll say this real quick. God is a big picture minded God. He's interested in your life and what he wants to do in your life, but he's also interested in how what he does for you impacts everybody. And he wants to do everybody good. So if there is a specific right time for the promise to God, promise of God to come to pass in your life so that it will better impact people around you, God will do that. Because he's big picture minded. All right, look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 4 through 7. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who now was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came. What's interesting is in the Greek language, you could say it this way. The appointment for her to give birth showed up. Meaning there was a order and a timing for everything that was taking place in Mary and Joseph's life and for the birth of the Lord Jesus. And he had Jesus born at exactly the perfect and right time. So, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to a, her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Now, I want to encourage you in, this, in light of these verses right here, do me a favor and go and listen. Uh, I'll put it out there as soon as possible. The Bible study from last Wednesday night because there is a mouthful of there that we gloss over a lot of times reading the Christmas story about all of the things that were orchestrated by the hand of God to cause that to come to pass in the way that it came to pass. I don't have time to get into it this morning, but I, I double-dog dare you to go and listen to that, all right? So you have to now, okay? All right, look at Galatians 4 and verse 4. The scripture says, but when the fullness of time had come. 
fullness of what time? The fullness of the time that God had been declaring that Jesus was coming. Um, let me say this to you. God had been declaring the birth of Jesus since the Garden of Eden. Thousands of years. I, I, I should have looked this up before this morning, but there are hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament about the birth of the Lord Jesus, where he would be born, how he would be handled, what would happen, uh, all the circumstances around it. So God had been declaring and declaring and declaring and declaring, and then there's this thing. Now, you have to, can I get deep with you for just a second? Y'all mind? Okay. God knows, K-N-O-W-S, no time. God's eternal. There is no time per se with God as far as the 24-hour clock and so forth and so on. Okay? Time is something that exists in our realm, not in the realm of the Spirit where God is. Okay? So what am I, what am I saying to you? God... Anybody ever read in Ephesians chapter 1 where it says that God chose you before the foundations of the world? Okay, here's what God does. He thinks about you, decides he wants you in the earth, has something for you to accomplish, has set aside an anointing and all of the provision you need to carry out what he's called you to do. Now, he did all this before the earth was ever created, before Adam was ever created. He did it all before any of that took place. And so what he does is he declares it, then he steps back and just waits for time to catch up with what an eternal God declared. Okay? All right? So when it says, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So here's what I'm challenging us to do is to be aware of the schedule in the sense of don't get in a hurry. And by the way, not one time from the Garden of Eden till the time Jesus showed up in Bethlehem in the flesh was God anxious or worried about, man, is this ever going to happen? Woo, boy, do they not know what time it is? Okay, no, he was totally calm knowing at the right time it was coming to pass. So here's what my point is. In the promise of God for you, just be patient and consistent and know that at the right time, moment it's coming to pass for you. And I'm going to say this, this just came up out of my spirit and there's nothing that anybody, including the devil or anybody else can stop it from coming to pass at that right time. Did you ever think about, yes, the devil is called the God of this world. He is operative in this world, but there was not one thing he could do to stop Jesus from being born. He tried to kill him after the fact, through Herod, but he couldn't stop him from being born. Let me show you Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 in the New King James. I'm almost done. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience or consistency inherit the promises. Listen to this from the Message Bible. Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course. 
with committed faith and then get everything promised to them. I want everything God's promised to me. So I'm going to stay the course with committed faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, as I begin to, write, uh, to wind this down, I will say this, okay? You cannot look at the circumstances of your life to determine when that right time is. Because I'm going to say this to you. God has a habit of showing up and doing stuff when in the natural, it looks less than perfect. It's not the right time, God. You know, there have been times when God has shown up in my life and, and well, let me just give you this illustration and just pose it in the form of a question. Has God ever showed up and asked you to give when you didn't have anything to give? He asked me. Okay. All right. Uh, God, it's not the right time. Uh, God, do you, do you know what my circumstances are right now? God could care less about your circumstances in that sense. What he needs you to do is go back to what we said a while ago and take ownership of what he told you to do. Okay, God, I'll obey. I'm going to do exactly what you told me to do. Okay, you're going to have to show up for me to do what you told me to do. Now, here's the thing that you have to hold on to is God will never tell you to do something that he doesn't give you the wherewithal to be able to do it. Okay? That's free. That won't cost you anything. All right. Now, I want to go back and I want to read one verse from what we read in that story, the Christmas story, and I want to reiterate something. And blessed, this is Elizabeth talking to Mary, and blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things that were told her from the Lord. Um, again, we gloss over this, all right? But I did a little digging. I wanted to find out, what does that mean? Blessed is she that believes. Because, hey, listen, the performance of the things, if the promise comes to pass and it shall, if that comes to pass, that's, that's a huge blessing in and of itself. But what the Lord or the Holy Spirit inspired Elizabeth to say to Mary is just because you believed, you are blessed. Even though the promise has not yet come to pass, you are still blessed simply because you believed. Now, did you bring your shouting shoes this morning? I'm going to see. I'm going to let you prove it, all right? I looked it up in the Strong's Concordance of the word blessed there. And in the Strong's Concordance, it's not the normal word for blessing. What it means is, look at this, Strong's Concordance says that that word blessed actually means supremely blessed. Supremely blessed blessed just because you believe just because you took ownership of the promise just because you by faith said be it unto me according to your word so then if that's what it means in 
the Greek language, then what I did is I had to look up and find what is it, what does supremely mean? I know what it means when you're buying chicken tenders at Bojangles and they're called chicken supremes. <laughs> okay? But what does it mean to be supremely blessed? Well, the dictionary says supremely means this, extremely or to the highest possible degree. Uh, you're not, okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prophesy this over you. Some of you, this is going to dawn on you, and I just declare you're going to have to pull the car off the road because you're, it's going to dawn on you and rise in your heart that you are supremely, extremely, and to the highest degree blessed just simply because you believe the promise. Some of you just need to start declaring that. Some, I am supremely blessed. I am extremely. And to the, listen, I'm so extremely blessed, I can't get any blessed to a higher degree. Hallelujah. And that's before the promise shows up. Only because you believe the promise. So, write this down. Last thing. Because Mary believed what the Lord had said to her through the angel, she was supremely, extremely, and to the highest degree blessed by God. Somebody says, well, have you seen the promise show up yet? No, but I'm extremely blessed. Matter of fact, I'm so blessed to the highest degree, I can't get any more blessed because I believe. Just because I believe the promise, I am supremely, extremely, and to the highest degree blessed. I declare over you, if you will receive the promise, no matter what the promise is for you, whether it's God's prosperity, whether it's God's provision, whether it's God's healing, whether it's God whatever performing in your life, if you will believe that, receive it, take ownership of it and declare that that is mine and you begin to praise God as though it has already come to pass, I'm promising you based on the authority of God's word that you are blessed extremely and to the highest degree of what you can possibly be blessed. Hallelujah. I double-dog dare somebody to say, praise the Lord, I am extremely blessed. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you and we praise you today for your blessing in our lives just because we believe. Father, we thank you for the promises of God, the things that you have declared over our lives that belong to us. Hallelujah. Father, I just agree with each and every person here under the sound of my voice for the promise of favor, for the promise of provision, for the promise of prosperity, for the promise, Lord, the things that you have declared over each and every one of our lives. Father, I just declare right now that we are entering into a season that not many days from now there shall be a performance of the things that have been said to us. Lord, I thank you that 
Prosperity is not something that's months and years out. Lord, I thank you that we are on the threshold of it right now. Lord, I declare that provision is right around the corner. I thank you, Father, that untold levels of your favor in our lives are right around the corner. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just believe and I'm, I'm willing to step out and just say this. I believe that when we turn the calendar in 2023, something is going to change. I, I just hear that in my spirit. That yeah, we're, we're literally changing the year. I just see something happening and a changing, a turning, uh, a rearranging, a reordering happening at the beginning of 2023. Now our challenge is this, to believe what God's written word says and then to believe what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And listen, it's totally up to us. 2023 can be just another year for you if that's what you desire. I want 2023 to be everything that God has destined for it to be. And I know this, we haven't even celebrated Christmas to the fullness yet. But And, and I'm not trying to jump the gun, but I believe that over the next few days, the next couple of weeks, in the Spirit, things are changing. Hallelujah. So just lift your hands with me. Father, we thank you for what you're doing and what will happen in and for us in the next couple of weeks, in the next few days, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. I thank you that that, that bondages are, are being broken and falling off of us. I thank you, Father, that things that seemed impossible will begin to change and become possible because of our God. And I thank you for it. I praise you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let me say this to you, okay? I'm going to give you an open book test. I'm going to tell you what the answer is before you face the test. Now, the test is going to be, do you believe what we just thank God for when on January the 2nd, you don't see anything changing yet? That's the test. Well, Lord, I thought you said at the beginning of the year. Listen, what you need to understand, and, and get this, things happen always in the spirit first before they happen in the natural. So, so you need to understand that there is movement that is happening in the spirit before it ever shows up in the natural. Angels are working in the spirit causing things to happen in the natural, but they always work in the spirit first. So when, the, when your mind begins to tell you, 
Nothing's happening. Just say, nope, 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 nope. In Jesus' name, it has already happened. It's already mine. Be it unto me according to the word of the Lord. I receive it and it is happening to me now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I'm including me in all this. I'm not just declaring stuff to you. I'm declaring it to all of us. Every single one of us. It's happening. Hallelujah. I don't know what that means exactly for you. All I know is it's happening. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the promise, Lord. Thank you for the promise, Lord. Thank you for the promise, Lord. It's coming to pass. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And we'll be like, like Mary. We'll declare the arm of the Lord has done tremendous things for us. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, here's what I, I want to give you a homework assignment. Over the next couple of weeks, before the first of the year, what I want you to do is I want you to go home and I want you to begin to write down some things that you desire to see God do for you. Okay? And begin to pray over those things, begin to believe that you receive them. And, uh, and then what I want you to do is when it happens, listen, um, I want you, I challenge you, come and tell us what God has done. I want some testimonies of what God has done. I don't care if it seems like it's a little thing to you or it's a huge thing to you. Testify. Listen, there's somebody that would need to hear that because it would encourage their faith. So, and listen, there are people that, that, that aren't here today that need to hear this, but I want you to when God shows up and the full manifestation of that promise comes to pass, in other words, when the, when the fullness of time has come, I want you to bring a testimony. And I'll, listen, I'll let you give, I'll get you a microphone and you, not preach, but I'll let you give a testimony and testify of what God has done for you. I think maybe in the modern church, that's one thing we're missing from what old folks used to have, testimony services. Now where it got off was, well, y'all pray for me. The devil's had me on the run for the last two weeks. No, we don't want any testimonies like that. We want testimonies of what God has done in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Father, thank you so much for the word that we've heard today. Lord, I thank you that it falls on the good ground of the people of Spring Hill Church and it brings forth a harvest, Father, of what you desire to come to pass in our lives. Now, Father, I pray for every single person that's here under the sound of my voice. I ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, meet every need, heal every physical body. Lord, work in their lives in ways and means that they could not even imagine. 
And I thank you for it. I believe you for it. And I declare it to be so in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, what I've done today, or what the Lord has done, rather, is given you a reason to look forward to 2023. Instead of saying, oh, Jesus, another year. <laughs> Why don't you say, hey, Jesus, another year. Praise God. Amen. Are you glad you came to church today? I am. Praise God. See, I've been stewing on this for a few days, and I'm so glad I got to come and tell you about it. Amen. Praise God. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Spring Hill Church podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about the church, please feel free to visit us at springhill.cc.